It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Just yesterday, uh, Lehigh teacher lost her job after a contempt filled rant about her political views, threatening students, calling their parents dumb, and on and on and on it went. But I think too many of us are asking the wrong questions about where we go from here. The question isn't about cameras in the classroom or that kind of monitoring. The question is should we be rethinking? what a 21st century classroom and a love of learning is really all about. So let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So of course, teachers, instructors, guides, tutors, mentors all have their role in the classroom, as do the learners. I've always maintained that the most important thing that our children learn through all of their years, all the way through any higher education, is that they need to learn the discipline of learning. But more importantly, they need to learn the love of learning. And how do we get that love of learning and curiosity back into the classroom, into our education system and process? And I was reminded, thinking back about what took place in Lehigh over the last 48 hours, uh, I had the opportunity a couple of years ago to chat with Mark Roosevelt. He's the president of St. John's College, a very small liberal arts college in Annapolis and Santa Fe. Uh, they have a very different approach to education at this institution of higher learning. And I still think there are some things in their model that could be incredibly helpful to us today. So I want to start with my conversation with President Mark Roosevelt, again from St. John's College, uh, and he talks about their approach uh, that is a little different from many other universities and institutions of higher learning. Uh, our faculty are called tutors and not professors because they do not profess. Our classes are all seminars built around the Socratic method. We are known as the great books school, meaning that we really do study um, firsthand. We don't read secondary sources. We read the actual books. The only thing that great books does not really describe well is they also do significant work in math and science. So they will learn calculus. They will do differential equations. Um, So the premise of the school is that human beings do better if they understand how their culture and their civilization arrived at where they are. Uh, Our faculty do not lecture. Uh, A question is different here, which is kind of interesting to think about. A question is sort of a journey, uh, an invitation to go on a journey. Um, So we're a community of learners. Both campuses are small, about 400 students. Classes are all small, all discussion-based, and we're all searchers. The faculty are searchers, the students are searchers. Um, We're just searching to understand as best we can who we are and how we got here. I love that. Uh, that's my kind of learning, by the way. 
no professors, no one standing up to profess uh, what they know, no lectures. I love that. Uh, but I also love this idea that, you know, if if society is going to continue to survive and succeed, we have to understand what led us to that point. So if we want to understand uh, things like inequality, if we want to understand prejudice, if we want to understand injustice, if we want to understand uh, opportunity and upward mobility, we have to understand how we got there. Uh, and so great books uh, are a great way to get to that. Uh, I also love that in this whole concept of no lectures, it's all about questions and invitations to go on a journey. Uh, I love that. Uh, I think we need more of that. And I hope that's what we do on this show every day is I, I hope you join us on a journey because everything we do on this program is to go on a journey about a question. Uh, what's going on? How can we understand what's happening in the world a little better or a little different? Uh, because that leads us to a different space. If we're all equal, if there are no professors and no students, everyone's just a learner, a searcher, a seeker. That's a very different conversation because it invites a different kind of question. It require it requires a much higher level of of comment, uh, and really leads us not just to civil civility, but to civil dialogue. And I asked uh, President Roosevelt about that in terms of how do we teach that kind of higher level dialogue and discussion. Here's what he said. So there's a difference between civility and civil dialogue. Civility just means being polite, and I think that's important. Sure. But civil dialogue is something beyond that. It's the ability to maintain courtesy and respect across difference. And that is certainly what we seem to have lost in our larger body politic. And, and we do believe that our seminars provoke those skills. If somebody says something that is challenging and that you don't agree with, um, you're supposed to learn the skills of, of how to confront that disagreement respectfully. And to phrase your question or your comment on the other person's perspective, um, exhibiting that respect. And it does happen, and it happens a lot. Um, I think the, the question for us and is, you know, how do you take that classroom civility and, and bring it out into the, to the world writ large? But at least our, our students, I think, develop the skills to do it if they can maintain that attitude that governs the classroom and bring it into other aspects of their lives. Uh, it's so important that we learn to talk across our differences with respect, maintain courtesy and respect across our differences, uh, I think is such an, an important lesson. And then being able to take those from the classroom into every part of our everyday lives uh, is also vital. Uh, he also mentioned, we talked about uh, kind of how his students come out of this experience, what they learn and what they take with them uh, that maybe others don't. They've learned to be in a group of about 15 people who are trying to understand something complicated that Hegel may have written and to do so together so that when one person adds a little building block, another person builds on it. That's very different from how many people have learned to work. So rather than arguing the differences, they build on the common ground. They take what they learn together and plant it in, bolt it in as a piece of learning, and then the conversation continues. Too often we have these big battles where we fight and one side wins and the other loses, and then we go back to our corners as opposed to saying, okay, there's part of that I agree with. Let's build on that. 
and and move it forward from there. Uh, it's one of the unique things, I think, from this approach from St. John's College. Uh, and he talks about some unique skills and character traits that uh, those who go to St. John's College come away with that maybe others don't. One of the things that happens, I think, to most of our students is they, they overcome their fears, whether it's because they thought they were math-phobic and they end up being able to stand up and do a differential equation on the board in front of their classmates or articulate what Euclid did. Um, so they, they, they develop both, and this is seemingly contradictory, boy, but very important. I think they develop humility because I think one of the things that a good liberal arts education should do is shake zealotry, right? It should really cause people to, to question such sureness. But the second is the confidence that they can use the skills they've developed um, to get someplace. I would love for each one of my kids to really come away from their education with humility and courage. Uh, the humility to always be taught, to always be learning, to always be open, and the courage uh, to know that you can think it through, that you can talk it through, that you can talk across the differences uh, and get to a better space. Uh, I closed out my conversation with, again, this is uh, President Roosevelt from St. John's College. Uh, just talking about, he mentioned this idea of zealotry and that that is often what gets in the way of being better learners and being better problem solvers. We can all, all of us, including myself, just take a moment to pause and, 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 and shake our own zealotry. Um, shake our belief that we've figured it out because we haven't. We always talk about uh, getting rid of our instant certainty. And I think that's what President Roosevelt was talking about there. Shake your zealotry, shake your belief that you've got it all figured out uh, because none of us do. Uh, I certainly don't. And I try to shake my zealotry a little bit every day, get rid of my instant certainty. This is a great model for learning, St. John's College. And it just is a good chance on a day like today to think again and to think a little different about what we hope for in a classroom and in any learning setting, what we all need to do. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.